Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Father, we come to you this morning in a continued heart of thanksgiving. Lord, giving you all thanks and all praise and all glory and all honor. Because you alone are worthy, Lord. And we thank you that you are the way maker. Lord, that you declared in your word that you make a way where there is no way. Lord, you promised that you would bring streams into the desert where it hasn't rained. You are the miracle-working God. I just pray that anyone here this morning that is in need of refreshing, Lord, of that rain, of that water, of that spiritual drink, Lord, Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that he came bearing spiritual water. Lord, I just pray that you would refresh them this morning. Lord, in in a way and in a manner that only you can do. And we give you all thanks and glory and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us. I hope you all all had a blessed Thanksgiving, however you were able to celebrate that. Some of us may still be sporting our stretchy pants. Well, this morning, we're just going to jump straight into Scripture. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to Psalm 34. Uh, verses 1 through 8. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. The introduction will come after we read a little of the word. In Psalm 34, verse 1, David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We could spend all morning on that one verse. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And he said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's a promise from God. If you honestly seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. And truly finding him changes everything. David said that receiving God's response delivered him from all of his fears. We'll continue in verse 5. It says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Verse 8 is going to be the focus of the next two messages. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Pastor Darrell's last series on glimpses of glory focused on experiencing the presence of God, encountering God. 
This passage is David's description of one of those experiences, of one of those encounters. David had personally experienced God's presence. He'd personally experienced his forgiveness, his healing, his mercy, his grace, and his love countless times. And he is encouraging all those that would read these words to taste and see for themselves that the Lord is good. That is my heart cry for each of you this morning. If you have personally experienced God's forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and his very real personal presence, my prayer for you is that you will experience it again and again and again. And if you are here this morning and have never experienced the Lord's presence and love in that personal way, my prayer is that you will seek him because I know he has promised if you seek him, you will find him. And in the moment that you do, you will taste and see, experience for yourself an encounter with Jesus Christ. And you will know that he is very good. And there's a very important reason that I desire this personal experience for each of us. And it's so that it will give you a foundation to stand on that nothing can shake. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. It's not the emotion. It's not the experience. It's your personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, who is alive today, seated at the right hand of God the Father. You can have a personal relationship with Him. And when you have encountered Him, you will never be the same. I have many personal testimonies of this type of experience of personally tasting and seeing how good God is. And the most valuable thing about those experiences is that I know that I know that I know that God is good and that he is alive and real and that the word of God, every word of God is true. I know that He loves us. I know that He personally loves me. I know that He has made a way for forgiveness for all of us. And I know that He has forgiven me. Not because of anything that I have done or will do, but by His grace and mercy. And simply because there was a day that I sought Him and asked Him and He answered me. No one, absolutely no one could convince me otherwise because I've personally experienced it. And you can too. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 4. If not, it'll be up on the screen as well. We're going to look at one woman's experience, one woman's encounter with Jesus Christ. And we're going to see how that one moment with him was enough to change her entire life. And how that one moment with him would be enough to change our entire life. It starts in John chapter 4 verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, 
he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. And it was about the sixth hour. It's interesting that this passage says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. The truth was actually quite the opposite. Jews would take one of two other routes from Judea to Galilee for the sole purpose of bypassing Samaria. And both were longer. They did this because they absolutely despised the Samaritans. Their feud went back hundreds of years to when the kingdom of Israel had split into two, the northern and southern kingdoms. Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. One of the primary reasons for their continued disagreement is on where they thought they should worship. The king, at the very beginning, when the, when the kingdoms had split, had said that they would worship God in their area. He was afraid if they went back to the temple in Jerusalem that he would lose them uh, as subjects. So he said, we're just going to stay here and worship God. And of course, the Jews in Jerusalem said, no, we're supposed to worship God in the temple. The Samaritans had also intermarried with the nations around them, giving the Jews of the northern kingdom just one more reason to reject them and to despise them. And their hate for each other had grown over time to such a level that they would have nothing to do with each other. To the point that the Jews traveling from Judea to Galilee would take the long way around, just so they wouldn't even have to see a Samaritan. But this passage specifically says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. And we're going to come back to that in just a minute. For now, we'll go on to verse 7. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We see that this woman knows the rules that they're supposed to follow. She can't figure out why this man, much less a Jewish man, is talking to her. And so she asks him some questions, but it's interesting that Jesus doesn't answer her why question. He simply responds that if she knew the gift of God and who it was that was speaking to her, she would have asked him for a drink and he would have given her living water. Do you remember what we read just a moment ago? I sought the Lord. And he answered me, if you seek me, you will find me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said to this Samaritan woman, this woman that he's supposed to have nothing to do with, that is supposed to be an outcast, that's not supposed to have anything to do with the people of God anymore. He said, all you have to do is ask and I'll give. The fact that she is a Samaritan is a big deal. And Jesus' actions and words in this account are just unheard of at that time. The Jews literally despise these people. 
But Jesus said, I have to go to Samaria. Why? Because there was a Samaritan woman there that needed him. She needed to encounter him. She needed to experience him. And even if she didn't know what she needed, Jesus knew. And that was enough. He had to go to Samaria to find that woman. I'm going to give her the opportunity to encounter me, even if she doesn't know that's what she needs. Verse 11. So the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. She still doesn't understand Her response to Jesus' offer of himself, the gift of God and living water, which will forever quench her thirst, is to ask Jesus more questions. And Jesus gracefully responds. And he explains to her that the water that he has to offer is spiritual water, which will give those who drink it and taste it eternal life. And they will never be thirsty again. Then comes verse 15. The woman responds again and said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she still doesn't get it. She's interpreting what Jesus is saying as physical water, not spiritual. She's saying, "Okay, you've convinced me. Give me that water so I never have to come here to draw water again. But now in Jesus's statement, she has a personal encounter with Jesus that she can't deny is beyond the natural. He reads her her mail. He tells her about her life and she realizes no one could know that. You must be a prophet. Jesus knew the truth about her life and about her situation. The reason that she was coming to this well in the heat of the day when no one else came alone to draw water. She has a past and it's a difficult one. And her response to Jesus is that she perceives he's a prophet. And I think it's interesting that she only acknowledges what Jesus said was true. She doesn't respond to the current state of her life that she finds herself in. But I also want to note that the law of this time stated that only a man could request a divorce. So we can assume that this woman had been put out by her previous four husbands, rejected, Divorced. And there wasn't anything she could do about it. And it's even possible that she didn't want any of those divorces. But that wouldn't have mattered. 
Each of her four husbands could have made the decision without her. But regardless of how she got to this place, there's no question that she had been hurt many times, rejected many times. And now she's talking to a Jewish man who shouldn't have anything to do with her, who shouldn't give her the time of day, even if she didn't have a past. And he's offering her living water, true life. And at this point, she still doesn't comprehend. We find her next response to Jesus in verse 20. She says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. She tries to take the discussion back to the physical. Remember about the dispute between the Samaritans and the Jews. We're going to worship the Lord here. You say we worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus said that time is about over. It's not about the physical location. God's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus continues to be patient with her. And reaches out to her again. And he says, God is seeking such people to worship him. He continues in verse 24. He says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. She still didn't get it up to that point. She still didn't understand. She wasn't comprehending all these spiritual truths that Jesus was laying at her feet, what she was being offered. And so she finally throws up her hands and says, you know what, man? All I know is that the Messiah is coming. He's been prophesied. And it didn't matter if you were a Samaritan Jew or a Jerusalem Jew. You knew the prophecies. And she knew the Messiah was coming and that when he came, he would explain everything and bring the truth. She said, that's all I know. And Jesus' response to her is that's me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's been prophesied. I'm the truth. And in that one moment, I believe that whole conversation came together and she got it. And she believed. And she received the truth. And the Bible doesn't give us that response, but that's the last Word that her and Jesus have an interaction with. Everything else is that we see her life after the encounter, after the experience. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. But once she had encountered Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, her life was changed. And she was transformed because she had met the Son of God. 
So now let's take a look at that transformation. In verse 27, it says, Just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman. Again, not not just a woman, but a Samaritan woman. And no one said, What do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. So she left her water jar. The very reason she had gone there in the first place, she left it behind because she had found something so much more valuable. And she immediately went to tell the people about it. Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. And I have to believe her countenance was different. She had probably walked out of town with that jar with her head down, not making eye contact with anybody, not talking to anybody because nobody would have anything to do with her. But she came back alive and talked to everybody that would listen that I have encountered the Messiah. Come and see what I've seen. Come and hear what I've heard. Come experience what I've experienced. Verse 31, and while she was out spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, it says that meanwhile the disciples were urging Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. We're going to talk about spiritual food next week, but I just wanted to point out in this part of the account that Jesus has now talked about both spiritual water and spiritual food. So we go on to verse 36. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So we see in verse 39 that many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus just from the woman's personal testimony, just from her encounter with Jesus Christ. And then verse 40 says, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. They didn't know that Jesus was a prophet. They didn't know that he was a good man. They knew from their encounter with him that he was the promised Messiah, the Christ, the savior of the world. And some of them, it even says many of them believed because of her testimony, but the rest believed because of their personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And they could say it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. It's because we have seen for ourselves. We have heard for ourselves. We have experienced for ourselves. 
After the Samaritan woman's encounter with Jesus, no one could convince her that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. And the same was true for all those that believed her testimony and then that heard Jesus for themselves. No one could convince them that he was not the Savior of the world because they had personally experienced it. I encourage you to taste and see that the Lord is good for yourself. And I promise you that it will change everything when you do. Before we close, I want to share a, a personal testimony and then a word that was given last week after, after the services. It was received during the worship, but we received it later. First, I want to share part of my personal testimony. It's the, the earliest encounter that I can remember in my life. Uh, and it was when I was about eight, eight years old, maybe nine years old. We were going to a church in Garland, Texas. And I don't remember if it was in a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, but it was like a children's service. And it was nothing like the children's services that we have today. There wasn't, you know, slideshows and uh, dynamic worship. You know, it was we were seated in rows and there was a teacher at the front of the room just sharing the gospel. And I don't remember what they shared. I don't know what part of scripture they were teaching from. But I remember sitting in that chair and hearing the word of God and it coming alive to me and feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit and feeling like my heart was going to literally beat outside of my chest. I just had that this this weight, this presence of God. He was encountering me. He had gone out of his way to have a relationship with me, and all I had to do was respond. And I did. And my life's never been the same. It doesn't mean that I, I didn't have or need more encounters. It doesn't mean that I didn't have problems. We still deal with issues and problems today. But from that experience and the experience after experience that ensued after that, when I would know that I heard the voice of God, when I would know that I had encountered Him, then whatever else was going on didn't matter so much. Because I knew that I knew that I knew that I had a relationship with the Son of God. And no matter what else may be going on, that would never change. I've prayed recently uh, for, for my own family, for my own children, for, for each of you. And, and have told God, I was like, God, even if it means I would never have another experience again, If it means they would have that experience, that's enough for me. I don't need another one because I know the truth. But his grace and mercy are so much, I know that he wouldn't do that. But even if he did, it's enough. One word from God is enough. If you hear one word from Him, it will sustain you for the rest of your life. Because you will know that you know that you know that you heard Him. And He sees you. And He cares about you. And He loves you. And it will sustain you and be that rock. Again, not because of the feeling, but because you encountered Him, the person, the living Jesus Christ. You may be 
listening to the word of God being read this morning, either the first ones that we read or the account of the Samaritan woman. And you may be having that same experience right now or some other unique way that God is speaking to you. But something's different. You know, this isn't just you. That's him. He's going out of his way because he had to go through Samaria to find that woman. And I promise you that he has gone out of his way time after time after time to find you. To give you the opportunity to have an experience with him. To give you an opportunity to hear his voice for yourself. And he loves you so much. And he is so gracious. That if you don't respond this morning and if you walk out that door, but you're alive tomorrow, he's going to go out of his way again. And he'll go out of his way again and again and again and again, giving you every chance in the world to respond to him. And his word promises when you do. He's going to meet you there. You will find him. And as David testified, you'll have a testimony. He delivered me from all my fears. He transformed me. And like the woman at the well, you'll go to everybody that you know, testifying of what God has done for you. And you'll be one of those vessels that God uses to to go out of his way to reach somebody else's life. He's reaching out to encounter you, giving you the opportunity to repent of your sins, to confess all of those things to God, to take all of your hurts, all of your rejection, all of your pain, everything that you have to give to him and lay it at his feet and he'll take it all. He'll receive everything that you have to give in exchange for all of our garbage all of our junk, all of our sin, He will give you Himself. He will give you forgiveness. He will redeem you. He will restore you into a relationship with God the Father. He will give you living water and a new life. His eternal love and mercy and grace for now and for all eternity. And all you have to do is receive it. Well, before we close, I want to share this word that was given last week. They received it during the worship service. And it's someone who I I know and trust and believe that they were hearing a word from God. This would be different than a prophetic word. I kind of want to explain that a little bit. This would be what we would call like a word of knowledge uh, or a word of wisdom. Basically, it would be an insight that God gives someone to speak a word to someone else. Uh, and, and I would say it's another way that God is going out of his way to speak to you. And I encourage you to listen to this as if God was speaking to you. And if you believe it's for you, and if while I'm reading this, the Holy Spirit brings this word alive to you, then receive it. Believe it. And count it as one of the encounters, one of the times that you experienced Jesus and his love. 
And if it doesn't speak anything to you personally, that's okay too. It may just be for someone else. But here's what they shared. Again, just listen to this as if God was speaking to you. That was me. I was there. You felt alone. You felt overwhelmed. You felt destroyed. But look. Look that mountain in the face. Look that past situation in the eyes. Do not run from it. Do not fear it. I was there. And I am always here. I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. That fear you have that you will be overtaken is just a thought. The fear and doubt you feel are just emotions. They are not from me. I am the truth. I am life. I am freedom. And I am here. I was there. And I am not leaving. The valley will be made high and the mountain made low. We, me and you, will walk through any water, any valley, and any desert together. Amen. That's a good word. Receive that word. If you feel like that word spoke to you, and you'd like a copy of that, just get with us later or send us an email and we'll, we'll send that to you this week. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you seek Him, you will find Him and will personally testify. Oh, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. All it takes is one word from the Father, one personal encounter, and you will never be the same. He's going out of his way to find you, to encounter you. And all it takes is a willing heart to respond. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Just ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you. The Word of God says the Holy Spirit will reveal all truth to us. And we can believe that God will be faithful to live up to that word, that he will speak to you. And you can just listen and ask for the Lord to speak. You can say, Lord, I want to encounter you. And I feel like Jesus has a question for you this morning. And he's just asking, are you thirsty? Do you need that drink of living water? And if you knew who I am, if you knew that I was the gift from God and who it is that's asking you if you're thirsty, you would ask and I would give you the drink of living water and you will never be thirsty again. He's more than enough.
Father, I just thank you for your unending grace and love and mercy and that you chase after us and that you seek to encounter us again and again and again. I pray, God, that everyone here this morning that has heard this word will just respond today. Today's the day. I don't want to wait for the next one. I want to respond to this one. I repent for my sins. I confess for living my own life. And I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That living water that will spring forth like a well forever and ever and ever. Lord, in your word says, if we hear the truth and believe, we are saved. Thank you for that word. Lord, we give you all glory and honor and power. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Pastor Daryl and Connie are in the back. If you would like to agree in prayer about anything, they would love to pray with you. If you feel like you encountered Jesus today in a way you never have before, I ask you that you go pray with them and talk to them, and they'll give you some steps that you can take as you begin that new journey. Please stand as we close and worship with Miss Amanda. encouraging word we've heard this morning that uh, God the Father is not waiting for you to get your stuff cleaned up and come out of where you are he wants to meet you right where you're at like the woman at the well she was just doing her everyday chores she wasn't even at the temple Jesus met her right where she was and that's what he wants to do for you so this week as you go about your work day life uh, expect to encounter Jesus wherever you're at because he can show up Amen. Uh, This evening, we won't have any services for our middle school or high school youth so they can continue to spend time with their families. Uh, If you'd like to meet with Pastor Chris, he'll be outside and to your right in the lobby. But uh, Pastor Daryl and his wife are over there for ministry time. Please be uh, respectful of them as they continue to pray for people. Let me pray for you quickly. Father God, thank you that you will come and meet us right where we're at. And, Lord, you're not reading our mail to embarrass us, but because you love us so much that you'll just come to us no matter what. So, Father God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Minister to us this week. 
uh, come to us where we are and let us know how much we're loved. And let your experience with us be a testimony that we can draw others to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. all have a blessed week together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 